Welcome to Digiday Live, our podcast where we bring you the best sessions from our many summits around the world. I'm Aditi Sango, and on this episode, we have a session from the Digiday Publishing Summit we held in Vail, Colorado from March 27 to 29. Barstool Sports has a fierce and loyal following of entertainment and sports fans, and it's about time they start to monetize off of this huge success and fan base. Hear from Barstool Sierra Deirdre Lester as she outlines their decision to launch Barstool Gold, how they leverage pay-per-view partnerships to transform their revenue goals. Uh, Deirdre, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Um, thanks for having me. So, uh, Barstool Sports, you guys launched, uh, you know, the theme of the day is, is subscriptions, right? Yes. You guys, launched, you guys launched one of your own. Uh, before we get a, a little bit into the specifics, could you describe just Barstool Gold and kind of the approach you're taking with the product? Yeah, absolutely. So, Barstool Gold is our direct-to-consumer subscription product. We, it's brand new. We launched it. Uh, at the early start of the year, so we really only have about two months of it under our belt. So it's very much a new product for us. It's something that um, was led uh, strategically by the Shernan Group. They are uh, our ownership group, and they've had a lot of success with other businesses that they've been involved with. Uh, in the subscription side of things. And so uh, they've been pushing Barstool, Erica and Dave Portnoy, our founder, to do this for a while now. And uh, we finally got the right kind of product team in place to build it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we hired somebody to come in and, and uh, really look at well, how, what, what is the right subscription product for Barstool and then make sure technically we can build something that will work well and look good. And uh, we've been making a lot of upgrades to our site in general. So. Um, the approach in terms of what you're getting by subscribing is really uh, largely content, um, additional exclusive content that you wouldn't get otherwise um, outside of the paywall. Uh, there's also experiences, access, and um, you know, like early merchandise releases and things along those lines. So uh, really trying to tap into all the different areas of Barstool's business and give people some version of premium experience there for being a subscriber. And our subscribers are, uh, they're definitely our hardcore fans. Um, A lot of the content, the stoolies, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stoolies, but then there's sort of the hardcore, you know, who can't get enough of what we do. One of the challenging things and taxing things was how do we create more content? We didn't want to take anything that was already free to our audience and put it behind a paywall. That Why not? Was, uh, well, a couple of reasons. One, I think, you know, we felt like that would be unfair to the audience that's been with us a long time. We didn't want to disappoint people by taking things away from them. Uh, We are still very much an accelerated growth media company, and we don't want to necessarily do anything that's going to make us smaller. Mm -hmm. Uh, So where we have big, like, for instance, within our franchises, if you look at Pardon My Take, it's the number one sports podcast, but it's more than a podcast. It's a social media platform. It's a collection of merchandise. It's a very big business for us. So... Mm -hmm. You know, to put that behind the paywall would make the audience smaller. We don't want to do that. What we did instead is we create bonus episodes of Part of My Take for Mm -hmm. gold subscribers. So you get an extra episode a week if you subscribe, an episode that you wouldn't otherwise get to listen to. Uh, We're also now filming in our podcast rooms in some of our top, top shows. So Part of My Take, KFC Radio. So now if you're a subscriber, you can actually watch the filming of the podcast as opposed to only hearing the audio. Uh, So that's kind of a nice bonus that you're getting. What level? of investment did that take, right? Because you mentioned you have to uh, hire a new product team. Like, what, what went into that in terms of like determining, okay, these are the people that we need, these are the people we need to hire, and they're going to be perfect for the type of product that we want to build, but now you're also making more content. Like, that comes with costs, I imagine, right? So, like... Yeah, I mean, we had a handful of really good engineers working for us already. Uh, our product team is quite small, but we have been expanding it. So, mm-hmm. 
Uh, we brought on Stu Hollinshead. He was previously with WWE, ran their subscription business, which was wildly successful, and also um, Business Insider prior to that. So um, bringing in somebody with the chops that can really you know, build out the team, do it with a, a lean group. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, do, we are very lean as an organization on the business side. Um, so definitely an investment in people and, mm-hmm. and at the same time, you know, entirely built in-house, no outside vendors really involved in the, the development of Arsenal Gold um, to, to date. And uh, yeah, it's doing really well. So yeah. How well? It's, uh, two, it's two months, right? So two like- months. We launched uh, in January. We have over 20,000 subscribers. We're pretty transparent with our numbers. You'll, you'll find uh, relative to other media companies. Um, so 20,000 subscribers, uh, and what's the, what's the pricing you guys have at the, at the yeah, current moment? Yeah, so it's, uh, there's two levels. There's softcore and hardcore. Of course. Um, and uh, the, light, the light version, the softcore version, is a dollar a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so translate that to $52. Uh, for the year, and, and we sold it at a yearly subscription versus, uh, we sold 83% of our subscribers are subscribing to an annual sub versus mm-hmm. uh, a monthly, which is great. Um, and, uh, you know, primarily on the, the buying the full version. Mm-hmm. How, how big of a, of a business do you think this can become? I think, you know, the, the, the story on Barstool, and I want to get into some of those, uh, uh, the other elements that this product can also feed into yeah. uh, uh, at the company. But like the story on Barstool is that like you guys just quickly turn, you find something, you quickly do it, and they can become pretty meaningful contributors to the, to the company's bottom line, right? Like I think my last understanding of it, and correct me if I'm wrong, is around half your revenues are merch, right? Or, or, or at least commerce in some capacity. Like when it comes to a subscription product for hardcore fans, like what's the, what's the, What's the goal that you're looking to, to get to? Yeah, I think we had pretty um, reasonable goals for the launch and for this first initial year, just like get a good product in market. Mm-hmm. Um, we surpassed our subscription numbers. Revenue exceeded expectations. Uh, so similar to uh, you know what Daniel was saying here earlier about uh, New York and their subscription product, we, we set a very low expectation for numbers and we beat them in the first week. Mm-hmm. Um, so where it can go from there, I think that's yet to be determined. Um, a lot of the content is really like catering to the hardcore fan. And so to the degree that, you know, we can continue to put more content there that is going to be premium. We're doing a lot more experiential now as mm-hmm. well. So giving fans early access to tickets of things we're doing. Uh, Rough and Rowdy uh, is a amateur boxing yeah, Could you describe uh, that one a little bit for people who might not yeah, know so Rough and Rowdy? Yeah, so if you're not familiar, about a year, a little over a year ago, year and a half ago, we bought Rough and Rowdy as an amateur boxing league based out of West Virginia. Um, Literally hillbillies fighting each other. Legit, yeah. It's wild. Um, <laughs> the, that's what the, the in-person experience is pretty electric, but then what we've done is we've turned it into a pay-per-view event. Uh, we did seven of them last year, and we averaged around 30,000 um, subs- uh, paid pay-per-view viewers for each event. Uh, we're going to do less events this year and hope that they are bigger. Um, so it's a heavy lift for the company when we do these events because our content team get very involved the, in the, the promotion of it. You know, we're basically we become a boxing promoter for like two weeks leading into it, and everything else sort of like falls by the wayside. So. Doing fewer events, making them bigger is sort of the strategy going into this year. Pay-per-view, obviously, um, will continue. And we've now merged uh, Rough and Rowdy with the Barstool Gold subscription. So if you buy a subscription to Barstool Gold, you will get access to the Rough and Rowdy pay-per-views. And the reverse is true. If you just want to buy the Rough and Rowdy pay-per-view, we're going to 
give you a Barstool Gold subscription. So we're using the two products to sort of what grow. Was the, what was the thinking behind, like, let's do this. Let's merge these two different paid products that we have that seem to be doing really, really well for us and merge them because, I mean, is there a danger of it being cannibalistic towards one or the other? I, we obviously weighed those things and, and decided that they, they won't cannibalize one another and that the, the alternate, the, the reverse would be true. Uh, I also think, you know, as a brand, um, you know, we're cognizant of the fact that we're asking people to take out their credit card and give us their money um, in a lot of ways, and they do. Our audience are incredibly loyal, and they have a high aptitude to spend money with us. So you mentioned our commerce business. I mean, our commerce business is a massive business for us, and we're constantly promoting new merchandise and new products that we're putting out there. We're promoting the rough and rowdy pay-per-views, and now we're promoting a Barcel subscription. So to the degree that, you know, we can give people more mm -hmm. and not have to keep asking them to, to pay us again and again. I think that, so I imagine that's part of the strategy. Sets in at some yes, point. and you know, the other thing that, you know, it's funny, like, seems to fall by the wayside, the advertising conversation, and our advertising business is big and growing um, at a rapid clip, and we have a unique model there. Uh, Barstool, because of it, in its early days, when people were a little more afraid of advertising with Barstool, we made a lot of our advertising business off of direct response advertisers, and we still have a lot of those partners very mm -hmm. much with us. And we're very direct to our audience about asking them to support our partners, the partners that support Barstool. So, um, you know, stoolies don't buy tickets from StubHub, they buy their tickets from SeatGeek because they know that SeatGeek gets behind Barstool and supports the things that we want to do. And so even, you know, our advertisers, you know, we're straight up, you know, a lot of like promo code driven advertising, like hit you right over the head and ask you to, you know, spend money with our, our brand partners. Um, and so again, like, you know, there is a little fatigue and like every week we're promoting something new and asking you to pay us. So, you know, how do we kind of condense that a bit? But let's get into that, right? Because like uh, really two things. Uh, one, just the obvious thing, like uh, Barstool's brand, right? Uh, when you guys announced this uh, subscription product, I think uh, part of the messaging was like, we don't want to be, you know, too reliant on maybe advertising or all yeah. these other things like, you know, if we can get people, more people to pay us directly, we can control more of our destiny, right? Uh, especially true, again, for, for Barstool's brand. Uh, how, I guess what I mean to ask is, how much of a role did that actually play in the decision to launch a subscription product? Because I, you, can, you can see the argument where like, you know, at least now we won't have to worry as much about ad dollars. Yeah, I mean, um, relative to the ad business, subscription business today is, is small. Um, yeah. Not to say it won't continue to grow, but, um, we're by all means continuing to be very reliant on our advertising partners, and um, you know we've had a lot of growth in that that area in the last year and a half, thanks to my joining. Maybe um, just kidding. You just tap that. yourself on the yeah. back on stage. <laughs> uh, no, but um, I, you know I think that the message is one of you know we want to control our own destiny, yeah. and so what we're tr what we're doing. Um, what Erica, our CEO, if she was here, would tell you is we're building, a, we have a very massive brand and we are building uh, a very diverse revenue stack uh, within our business. So commerce, you know, advertising have been huge and growing for us. Subscription is new. Uh, you'll see us launch uh, affiliate, uh, direct affiliate businesses coming in the near future, probably leading into probably football season, if that indicates what that affiliate business might be about. Uh, with Sportsbook uh, becoming legalized in, in many states in, in the U.S. now, that's a very big part of the undertone of the Barcelona content mm -hmm. is gambling, and so we see a very big opportunity there as well. Um, so yeah, so we're just we're doing we're trying to have a very healthy business by having multiple revenue streams, so that to the degree there's a downturn in any one of them, we yeah. have alternatives. So on that note, let's actually talk about advertising, right? Like I imagine um, 
There's sponsors at Rough and Rowdy events uh, and, yes. and other events that you host, right? Uh, how much, one, like, quickly, how, what are you doing in terms of bringing advertising into the, um, to the subscription or, or, or at least consumer revenue fold, whether it's you know, a, a live event or something else? And how much would you say ad revenue has grown as a result of that? Because I'd be curious in terms of just how they play with each other. Yeah, so we, we've grown our ad revenue year over year almost 100%. Um, the things that gold, Barcel Gold, the subscription, if you're buying the, the premium level, mm -hmm. you're getting an ad-free experience. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we've dropped the display and pre-roll ads in the, in the Barcel Gold uh, experience, and we've also created site features that you wouldn't otherwise get, things like um, you know, alerts when your favorite blogger posts a new blog, we mm -hmm. let you know that, other kind of unique features of the site that the free audience does not receive. Um, events is another area of the business that I think can have tremendous growth for us. So it, even outside of Rough and Rowdy, one of the things that uh, we do really well when we go anywhere is we draw crowds. Um, you know, we did last year, our college football show was aired every Saturday during the football season. And on four occasions, we went live on site to campuses and held the show live in person with a tailgate experience. And thousands of kids come to that event to see Barstool in person and be, be at the Barstool tailgate. Um, that was sponsored by Panera Bread, Bud Light, and you know, this year we'll go bigger, we'll do more on-site experiences. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we were live at the, in Atlanta the week of the Super Bowl at the Ivy uh, for the entire week doing live radio. So we really just pick up like, what we do normally at our HQ in New York and just put it places where there's big event, tentpole events happening. So we'll be in Minneapolis for the Final Four. We'll set up at Cowboy Jack's, which is a big sports bar right downtown, really popular, great environment for us, big stoolie community in Minneapolis. And we'll just jam the place packed for three hours you know, each day doing live radio that we would have otherwise done from back mm -hmm. in the office. So it's very, um, we, we get to have that experiential um, experience and let our fans meet and see the Barcel uh, you know, talent and also be amongst other like stoolies, but it doesn't, it's not like we don't have to produce a whole lot. It's not a heavy lift for us. So mm -hmm. there's not a lot of cost in it. So from an events per business perspective, we have a very high margin uh, events business. So I think that will continue to be a big growth trajectory for us. And our brand partners really want to be there with us. So they are, they're driving that mm -hmm. in a very big way. I'll give an example. New Amsterdam Vodka is a new partner of ours. They came on late last year. Uh, as the official vodka of Barstool Sports, um, and their partnership is very much a 360-degree partnership, and they are also partnered with the NHL. Uh, what they like us to do is show up around, you know, games in key markets. So we were in, uh, we were outside the Coliseum at, at Borelli's Pizza Restaurant, which is one of our producers. He produces the One by Pizza reviews, and his family happens to own the restaurant yeah. next to the Coliseum. So. You know, we were there and we jammed the place packed for a few hours before the game and just all the fans just came in and that was all sponsored by New Amsterdam Vodka. So they're kind of leading us to create events that we wouldn't have otherwise created because they're strategic for, for their business mm -hmm. and they just make sense for us to do. How much of your ad business is from stuff like that? Like sponsorships at events, other kinds of show sponsorships, like you know, uh, products such as that versus just pure like display uh, or or, or yeah. pre-roll or what have you. Yeah, so um, we were talking about this earlier today and, and Sahil and I were just talking about it behind the scenes. 
Our programmatic business, um, I'm very excited because I've been listening to other publishers over the last 24 hours talk about the size and scale of their programmatic business, and I'm realizing we're just not doing it right, and there's a lot of upside there for us. Um, but that said, you know, it's, it's representative of a very small part of our overall advertising revenue. So today, um, you know, what I love about Barstool's advertising business is within it, it, within that itself, there is a diverse stack of revenue coming from a variety of different places. Tentpole sporting events have been very big for us. The Super Bowl was a huge, huge driver for us. We had. Uh, multiple partners activating around a single temple, whereas we used to sort of just be like, okay, March Madness, Bud Light, we go all in on Bud Light for the month of March. We're now have gotten really good at activating. We had at the Super Bowl New Amsterdam, Vodka, Bar Bud Light, uh, Devour, which is a Kraft Heinz brand, uh, Hell of a Good Dip, which is a hood brand. So you're seeing like big CPGs get behind us in a, in a meaningful way as well around these moments because we can we kind of dominate the social conversation during these periods. So March Madness as well, um, big partnerships going on there. And then, you know, there's sort of, we have a lot of franchise shows. So podcasting is a huge business for us. Uh, you know, it was rumored in the press by uh, someone uh, we know here that writes about us uh, that uh, we had a $15 million business in podcasting alone. That's fairly accurate um, in 2018, and we're only continuing to see a lot of growth there. Um, so that revenue tends to come from audio buyers that are different than the digital buyers and the sponsorship buyers that we are t typically used to talking to. So kind of a whole unique space for us. And you actually are seeing now brand advertisers come into the podcast space in a more meaningful way because there's data and analytics to support who is listening to the shows. So we're now layering on sponsorships to our podcast that mm -hmm. didn't exist before. And that's not cannibalizing our direct response business because we're able to keep them in the pod while putting a sponsorship, sort of layering that on top and adding maybe a custom segment within it and social extensions to that. So. Um, Monetize every way possible. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. I think, again, more partners will get behind Barcelona in a more meaningful way, like a new Amsterdam Vodka. I'm really excited about that. We're going to be making some big announcements with them soon. Um, we want to leverage all of our different areas of our business with our brand partners, at least the ones that are really involved with us and make sense and strategic. So. Imagine Barstool going direct to consumer with a partner like New Amsterdam Vodka at retail. Yeah, makes sense. Well, something, to, something to look out for. Uh, well, Digital this was great. Thank you so much for yeah, joining us. Yeah, thank Appreciate you. It. This is awesome. Thanks, cool. everybody, for being here. Cool. Uh, That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you liked our show, then please rate us and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get this podcast. And I'll be back soon with another episode.